they buried me in the water and I came out new. <laughs> now I'm baptized in blue. Welcome to the Officer Autumn Podcast, the only podcast designed specifically for female cops in mind. I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. So I found this soap company that's Leo owned and they make women soap and men soap. And here's why this is important. There's a lot of excellent um, homemade and handmade um, and all natural soap, but they, they don't make men and women's soap. And so I found this company, it's called Patriots and Company. Highly suggest you look it up, uh, look it up and check them out. I have a whole box of their soap that they sent me. And I, my favorite one is called American Woman. It's pink, smells amazing. I've been washing with Beautiful Badass. That's really nice too. They have a Whiskey Girl, one that I really like. Anyways, go check it out. They also have scents for men, um, but I wanted to just give them a quick shout out on here because I wanted to tell you about that because look, we're ladies. We need to know the companies that are doing things for us. Brent, I'm really excited to have you here. Can you please tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, first and foremost, I'm a Gemini, which is, I think, important to put out what sign I am. Um, besides that, I'm just uh, an average guy that tries to be better than average every day. Grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, wanted to be in the military from a young age. After high school, got the chance to enlist in the Army, got to deploy to and travel to some interesting places, meet a lot of great people. After that, did a little contracting. And uh, now I currently have a book out called Roger Up. I work in the field of executive or personal protection and uh, have a big event called Roger Up coming up uh, September 1st, 2nd, and 3rd in, uh, in Chicago. Yeah, I'm really excited. I get to be at it. I have the honor of uh, being there with you. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, Brent, me too. Tell us like, okay, so let's go back. <clears throat> tell me about like, why did you get into the army and why the army? Well, two reasons. One, I, I grew up reading the Hardy Boy books and they were adventurous. I was always an adventurous kid. So I'm 46. So I grew up before cell phones and, you know, the whole plan was to be outside all day when the street lights come on, come back in. And it was just a different era, almost like a different planet. Like it was, I was always outside and I knew at a pretty young age, the vast majority of the men in my family had served um, in different branches, but I just always knew I, I wanted to get a gun and go do some good for God and country, whether there was a war or not. And uh, my dad's an Air Force guy. I have uncles that were Marines and, and Navy guys. And my one uncle, who's an Army uh, Vietnam vet, he was just telling me stories about Vietnam. And even though they sounded scary, they also sounded like something that I wanted to be a part of. Because the way he talked about it, he was really proud of you know, the guys that he served with and the way that they served. So that was it. The recruiters didn't even need to come to me. I called them and said, hey, can I come down and talk to you? Where do I sign? And just to make sure I did the right thing, I brought my dad with me to the recruiting mm-hmm. office. Came home, told my mom I enlisted. <clears throat> she cried and that was that. And that was that. And so what was, like, what was it like in the military for you? Like, what was your experience with it? I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I mean, 
it's hard to say I loved every minute of it because there's, you know, regardless of, you know, what you do, whether you <clears throat> get to the level of, you know, tier one unit in the, in the military from a, in the combat arms, I knew I wanted to be involved in combat arms. So I was a combat engineer. I knew I wanted to get out there and fight and I wanted to be competitive and I wanted to be around other guys that were competitive. And I knew that I wanted to compete every day and try my best to, you know, at least hang with the best. Mm. And um, yeah, so I loved it. I loved, I was the first guy from my kind of small town to really leave. Yeah. And uh, it was just, man, I was, you know, I'm 19 and I'm living in Germany where the drinking age is 16, but you have to be 18 to have a driver's license. Wow. And I'm learning different languages and I'm meeting different people and trying different food and learning about different cultures and all the traveling and all the deploying and everything we did was just, for me, it was like a Hardy Boys novel. Mm-hmm. It was just like this adventure. And I just, I was obsessed with it. I loved it. And I got injured and, you know, I know you got injured on, on duty and mm-hmm. uh, mutual friends of ours like Jay Redman um, and, and other people, you know, get injured and. And yeah, I got injured and uh, broke my back and was medically discharged. And it, uh, it was unfortunate. And I, I struggled because I was one of those guys that, you know, for sure wanted to do 20 years. And then I'll, you know, when I'm 38 or 39, after I've done 20 years, then I'll figure out what the next step is. But yeah, I just, I wanted to be that guy getting after it every day for 20 years. And um, yeah. And, Can we... Let's, let's talk about that though. Cause you know, my injury is a back injury too. And the thing about that, and I don't know if you went through this, but like, nobody knows the amount of fucking pain you're in. And like, nobody understands. I don't know if like you went through that Brent, but like, for me, that was like one of the biggest things is because people look at me and be like, you're fine. I'm like, you know, I'm not, but that's, you know, and it's hard. Did you experience that? Yeah, I did. And quite honestly, I still do. But the problem with that is, um, for example, my good friend, Tony Gilman, who's also from Illinois, he was the first uh, first United States soldier killed in Kosovo in 1999 on the 4th of July. Um, that was our second deployment as, as a unit. First was Bosnia in 98. So I look at a guy like him and I say, man, that guy was 24. Like he never really got to fall in love, never got to get married, never had the opportunity to have children and really enjoy and, and cherish all the things that 20 years later, I'm still able to enjoy. So, and I look at a guy again, I'll bring him up, our mutual friend, Jason Redmond, um, half his face shot off, I know. limited mobility in his arm, 40 plus surgeries. You know, um, I have friends that are missing arms, I have friends that are missing legs. So it's, it's difficult for me. I'll complain to myself. I'll complain to my wife, who's a chiropractor and, and yeah. helps me out a lot, yeah. but I won't complain in public because I can mm-hmm. see, I can hear, I can taste. I have both my arms and legs. You know, funny story. Redmond had come out to uh, Chicago. One of the first times that we had hung out and done an event together, a smaller one. And my wife is a chiropractor and she's had her own clinic for about 10 years. And Jay had never been to a chiropractor. I'm like, listen, my wife's the best. I know everyone says their guy or their gal's the best. Come to my wife. 
let her take a look at you, adjust you. She'll go easy on you. I know you seals sometimes are a little, you know, soft. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, we got there and Jay had his laptop out, his headphones in. He's carrying a backpack. I'm carrying a bag for him. He's got all this stuff. So instead of taking the stairs, we just got the elevator, which I don't usually take. It's only three flights. Mm-hmm. So we get upstairs. He finishes his call with his publicist at the time. He was just launching Overcome. And we get back in the car after the whole thing. And he's the first question he had for me wasn't, you know, or statement or whatever, wasn't, man, I feel great or blah, blah, blah. It was, why the fuck did we take the elevator? <laughs> and I'm like, and I was so shy. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that was like an hour ago. What are you talking? I'm like, you had both your hands full and everything else. And he's like, bro, I know me and I'm sure, pretty sure you, we have friends that would do anything that would kill to be able to go up three flights of stairs. Mm. Don't ever put me in an elevator again, unless it's six flights higher or more. Mm. And I was like, wow. Wow. So that became the rule in our family. So my stepdaughter's not too excited about that. She likes elevators. Every time we go to the office now, it's, oh, Jason Redmond because we have to take the stairs, but it's just a small example of someone like that showing that level of one appreciation for the guys that he's lost and, and the guys that are severely injured. And it's just another lesson that, you know, we take so many things for granted, you know, it's not it's, a bad day when you don't get creamer in your Starbucks. It's, that's it. It's a bad day when you get shot in the face or your buddy gets killed. That's a bad day. So yeah. I'll deal with my back pain and i'll go about my merry way and uh but yeah between you and me yeah back pain sucks yeah it does suck (laughs) brent how did you become okay so the event that you um are hosting you've created as roger up which i want to talk about why the name roger up but before that like because i really like to bridge the gap between first responders and military to personal development so for me, personal development saved my life uh, when I hit my rock bottom and was couch ridden for six months and injured and all that shit. How did you get into personal development and in the mindset stuff? Yeah, so I'd always been into it. I was always cognizant that there were guys like Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins and, and even Tony Robbins mentor going back further, Jim Rohn and, and guys like that. And I've always been a big reader. My mom was an educator, so reading you know, whether it was comic books or Hardy Boys when I was young, and that grew into just reading anything I could get my hands on. I've always been obsessed with languages and just real curious as a person, just wanting to learn. And I was never a very good student. I was probably a C student, both mm-hmm. high school and the, the, at college, but I, I just uh, never bought into the structure of, of education. I was just like, you know, learning and, and going to seminars and, and learning from other people's life experiences rather than you telling me or interpreting the same book that I could go and read myself and interpret it my own way. Mm-hmm. So in 2009, I was living in Vegas. I just finished up contracting and I started a t-shirt company that was based on raising cancer awareness. And we gave a certain amount of the proceeds to cancer research. We had a store in the mall and, um, it was called K-Hero. It was named after my mom, who's Karen. And <clears throat> she passed away in 2009. And within that one month period, 
April, 2009, I lost my mom, flew back home here to Chicago, buried her, flew back to Las Vegas. The company I was working for after 118 years filed corporate bankruptcy and uh, found out that uh, my honest girlfriend wasn't so honest. So basically in a two week period, I lost my mom, my job and my chick and I had to get a new place. And for me, it all kind of culminated with stuffing everything down in the basement and not talking about issues. And uh, yeah, that all kind of culminated into me putting on a ton of weight and just being lazy and not practicing what I preach, not walking the walk. And then one night at like two in the morning, I just bought all those Tony Robbins CDs that I'd been seeing for so long on infomercials. And it just completely changed my life. And then a year later, I had the opportunity to meet him. You did? Yeah. So I was, so a year later, I decided, because I was very active in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I was living in Vegas and I was sponsoring a lot of, you know, Muay Thai guys and UFC fighters and Jiu Jitsu people. So I was only 33 at the time. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do an MMA fight. I've I've been doing martial arts my whole life. And I said, I just want to do one. I want to, more important than the fight, I just want to know what that walk is like from the back to the cage. Because I heard everyone say, when you make that walk, you question everything. Did I diet hard enough? Did I train hard enough? Did I skip workouts? Did I cheat on my diet? Did I drink enough water? Did I follow the regimen accordingly? Plus, I had a bunch of old army buddies there, um, friends. So last thing I want to do is get beat up in front of everyone. So yeah, so that became the new obsession. And I was training at two different gyms. And at the time, Tony Robbins was mental coaching uh, former UFC light heavyweight champion, Chuck Liddell. And he was preparing Chuck Liddell for a big fight with Vanderlei Silva. And Chuck- I remember that. Yeah, Chuck had a few losses and he brought in Tony Robbins, just like Bill Clinton did, just like Oprah did, just like- Andre Agassi did. These people call him Tony Robbins when the proverbial shit hits the fan and it's, you know, ground control. We need, we need to fix this. And I was friends at the time with the owner, one of the owners of that gym. So I was at my place and then twice a week I would go and train over there and get some good sparring in with, with different high level guys. And um, I was walking out after an exhaustive walk workout and um newly single i was flirting with the girl at the front desk pretending i was going to buy a bunch of hand wraps that i wasn't going to buy because i already had them and in walks in six foot eight tony robbins that who has no idea that he saved my life Hmm. and about a month prior to that i had given all of those cds and dvds that i bought on that infomercial to the owner of the gym no shit and he walks up to Tony Robbins and he's like, hey, we know you're here to work with Chuck, but I just want to let you know that from a business owner perspective and blah, 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 your CDs and DVDs like completely changed my perspective and completely changed my life. And I got them all from this guy who doesn't stop talking about you. Hmm. And he points right at me and Tony Robbins looks me right in my eyes in front of about 15 people and says, so you're the guy giving all my shit away for free. 
and the whole room starts laughing. And it was just this amazing moment. And he pulled me aside and we talked for about two to three minutes, which felt like a half hour. But in that two to three minutes, he gave me just gold nugget after gold nugget after gold nugget of life advice and everything else and gave me a genuine handshake, looked me in the eye and gave me a hug. And it was just one of the best moments of my life. And ever since then, um, you know, I still have that roller coaster ride like a lot of other people do in life where I've had my ups and downs, but I try to have more peaks and valleys. And uh, I owe a lot to Tony and his principles and his philosophies. And, um, but at the end of the day, I had to be the one to take the action. Just like everyone else. And my biggest thing is right now coming out of COVID, I feel like so many people have been encouraged to be sheep. I feel like so many people have been encouraged to be locked up and told what to do and what to put on their face and what to put in their veins and what to read and what not to read and yeah. all of the other nonsense that's been going on, regardless of where you line up politically, regardless of where you line up morally or ethically. A lot yeah. of this stuff is just wrong. 100%. I feel like so many people have been locked up for so long that they need something like this. They need something where they can go to an event for a realistic price and get a massive return on that investment and walk out of that event after two and a half days and say, wow, I have actual tools. There's no fluff. There's no BS. Mm -hmm. I have actual tools in my tool belt right now. I have bullets in my proverbial gun that I can take out and actually execute on and apply to my life immediately to get better in, in whatever capacity that is, whether that's with your family, whether that's building more faith, whether that's your finances, whether that's, you know, figuring out who your real friends are and who your real friends aren't, whatever it is, I'm confident that the men and women attending this event are going to take something away that is going to be valuable to them and that they'll yeah. be able to immediately apply to their life to become more successful. Mm -hmm. By success, I don't just mean more money in your bank account. I mean, being happier, being more in love, being more fit, being better with your finances and your friends and your family and everything. So that's the driving force behind it. And um, I just couldn't be more excited that, uh, that we're going to do this in about 45 days. So. I know it's coming right up. Brent, what's the story behind the name Roger Up? So everyone's familiar with the term Roger That. It essentially confirms a transmission. Cops, anyone that's ever watched a military movie knows it, but Roger That is very popular. Roger Up is uh, a less popular or common term. It's, it's, I guess, relatively maybe popular in the military, specifically the Army. Um, uh, it's more of a, an Army term. So you have different words in the military, like uh, you'll hear the Navy guys say hoo and you'll say, you'll hear the Marines say ooh-rah, and then the Army guys say hoo famously Al Pacino, hoo mm -hmm. But uh, another thing that we say is Roger Up. So I was on a long 18-mile ruck march, and um, I was about 14 miles in, and I was six foot two, Six, yeah, six foot two, about 160 pounds. So I was a twig. Mm -hmm. And I'm 14 miles into this thing. I got about 40 pounds on my back and I'm carrying an M60, which is almost 22 pounds. And I'm just smoked. I'm done. I've got nothing left. We did a 12 mile ruck march a few weeks prior and I'm just done. 
And I literally am on my knees and I'm like, I got four miles to go and I have nothing left. And my platoon sergeant comes up to me and he's like, Maggie, you need to Roger the fuck up. Let's go. And he had some Gatorade with him and he gave me some Gatorade and we walked the next two, three miles together. And then I'm like, I'm good. I'll jog the last mile. And ever since then, that term has just been like, but what do you think my brain? What was that for you? So like you were like in the depths of your fucking soul searching for something. What was it? You know what I mean? Well, I broke mentally. That's probably one of the first times that I actually broke mentally. Like you could say I quit. I gave up. I broke mentally. And even though I did get up and I did finish it, which I'm very proud of, um, it, it was it was a, a huge moment for me because you know, up until then, I had never really been pushed. I'd been pushed in wrestling. I'd been pushed in martial, but never at, at, at like that type of level and never to where I knew where I was going to let other people down. And the way they conveyed it to me essentially was, you know, if you can't be trusted to finish 18 miles with a couple pounds in your backpack, how are you going to be trusted downrange? Mm. And as silly as it sounds, that's that worked because that's how I took it. And I took that very seriously, especially being a newer guy. And um, I did not want to let anyone down. And um, I remember my dad telling me, you know, never quit, no matter what you're doing, never quit anything you love. And um, I just didn't, you know, it's not like it was Ranger School or Selection or you know, buds where you, you can't come back, you know, it's not like it was something like that, but to me it was, mm. and that was a, a real defining moment where, you know, you'll hear people talk about how, when you hit your breaking point, you actually have more. Well, at that young point in my life at 20 years old, I didn't realize that I had 30% more. I was convinced that that was it. I was done. And I couldn't feel my legs. Like I was done. Done. And he's like, it's only four more miles. He's like, I know guys with no legs that would finish this. Like it was just constant, constant reinforcement of get up, yeah. like crawl, whatever you have to do. And from that day on, everything changed. Like everyone's got their light bulb moment. Everyone's got their whatever. That was a big moment for me. And here I am. That was in like 2000. Mm. Here I am 22 years later wearing a Roger up t-shirt. Mm -hmm. and talking about this big Roger Up event, Class 01 we're doing, all because Staff Sergeant James Scullion told me to Roger the fuck up. That's cool. I want that as a t-shirt. I wanted to say Roger TF up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That may offend some snowflakes, but uh, (laughs) it's a a solid idea. We may have to to partner up on that venture. You know, so when people come to the event, Brent, like, what can they expect? Like, what, like, is it, is it like, are they going to, do you think that, is this the kind of event that they are going to like, they are going to be like searching deep in their soul? Like they're going to get pushed there or what is it more of a, just a personal development? Like what, what can they expect? Yeah, I think, and, and, and it may not, it's, it's an awesome question. And I'm so glad you asked that because I've been doing other podcasts and some radio and People have been asking about the event and no one really asks it like that. They have the impression that because we have some Navy SEALs doing PT in the morning, that our goal is to break 
you and hammer you. And because we have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu all three nights, people have this impression that we're going to be, you know, breaking arms and breaking ankles. And at the end of the day, everything is meticulously structured to do one simple thing. And that is get you however far out. If it's just one foot out the door, or if it's all the way in the next block, out of your comfort zone, and have you start embracing being uncomfortable, whereas you were accustomed to being comfortable. And, you know, everything will be at your pace. Where I think the real breakthroughs are going to be are not during the, the morning PT with the SEALs. You'll get pushed, and the people that want to get pushed will be able to get some, I, I assure you. All three nights of jiu-jitsu with black belt world champions after we're halfway through each night the last hour to hour and a half will break off into a separate room for those people that are more experienced and have been training and if you want to get after it i have black belt world champions under hicks and gracie and you can come get some but also for the person that's never trained jiu-jitsu in their life and they're scared of it and they're nervous about it and that's okay you're going to be in a very safe environment with absolute experts and professionals that are going to slowly and systematically show you how this amazing martial art works and how it can work best for you, your body type, your size, your age, whatever. I think the real breakthroughs aren't going to come through in the physical stuff. I think the real breakthroughs are going to happen with some of our different speakers and some of the stories and some of the messages they convey. And people are going to be like, wow, I can relate to that. And you know what? Maybe I should start looking at this differently. And maybe I do need to incorporate a morning routine. And God, you know what? I've never really sat down and written out the names of the five people I spend the most time with. Not my mom and dad or aunts or uncles or kids. The five people, not family, that I spend the most time with. I've never sat down and had someone make me write out their five names and write next to them, who's the most negative, mm. who's the most positive, who supports my wins and celebrates them, who's constantly negative when I'm getting ahead. And out of all five of those, who helps me level up and who's that crab in the bucket that pulls me down and then take it a step further. And how do we actually fire that person without firing them? Because we're not going to say you're fired. We don't have to do that. There's a more clever way to do that. Because by leveling up, we give them the option of either A, coming along for the ride because we're leveling up our circle of influence, or B, they're just going to fall off and that's on them. We did nothing but level up ourselves and it forced them to fire themselves from our circle. Mm -hmm. So I think there's so many different aspects of this event with the, just the myriad of speakers that we have from different backgrounds. We have people from special operations in the Marine Corps and the Navy. We have people like yourself from law enforcement. We have people that are experts in emotional intelligence. Uh, we just have such a, a, a whole host of different types of speakers that I think it's gonna be almost impossible after two and a half days not to break through on whatever subject it is. And that's what I'm most excited about is getting the feedback and hearing what was your aha or your light bulb moment. What was your Roger the fuck up moment? And you're like, wow, okay, yeah, I need to clean that up. And it, and it could be something so simple like, okay, I have to have a morning routine. 
or I have to write down my goals. Or it could be something massive like, wow, I haven't talked about a trauma that I've had, whether it was physical or sexual or mental or emotional or a car or whatever. And because I heard this person talk, I'm able to now come to terms with that and actually start addressing it. So it's, it's, it gives me chills like talking about it because it, it's, uh, I think it's something that so many people need and I'm just, um, I'm excited that we're putting on this event and I'm just humbled that people are buying tickets and are excited about it because um, I think we're gonna be uh, on the scene for a long time. And I think people are gonna take notice very quickly of, of what we're doing and how we're doing things a little different. And um, hopefully that uh, raises a few eyebrows. I'm, I'm very excited. Brent, what? Okay, so someone's coming. They're thinking about coming. They're going to need some PT gear, right? They're going to need some like business casual clothes, maybe their gi, something to write with. Anything else? I appreciate you saying all that, but I'll just take it a step further. You don't need anything to write with. We have plenty of pens that we'll give you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're paying a thousand dollars to come to the event. Nine hundred ninety-seven dollars will cover your pants. Mm-hmm. Really, let's be completely honest here. If you, if it was you just showed up mm-hmm. and you had one pair of sneakers, three pairs of underwear, three pairs of socks, we're going to give you two t-shirts. You don't need a gi if you don't have one, and <clears throat> jeans it. and a t-shirt. Whatever. I mean, if you want to get dressed up, get dressed up. If you want to come casual, come casual. Um, But at the same time, understand, and I've been talking to different people that have purchased tickets and have asked those questions. Understand that when you go to an event like this, you're not just going to this event to better yourself. Keep in mind that this is also a networking event. You're going to be around 174 other like-minded people, not to mention some of the really high level, high net worth people that are speakers on the panel that you're gonna be interacting with for two and a half days straight. Mm-hmm. So I always say dress the part and dress to impress. That doesn't mean you need to show up in a flipping tuxedo or a three piece Armani suit, but I would prefer it if you didn't show up with a holy t-shirt and flip flops because you could potentially meet your next employer there. You could potentially find your next employee there. You could potentially find your next business partner there. Who knows what you're going to find there? You could potentially find your next boyfriend or girlfriend there. Like you have no idea what to expect. So I always say dress to impress, come looking clean. And um, yeah, that that would be my my advice. All of the stuff that you need as far as pen and paper and materials and all that, we've got all that covered. Just get to Chicago, show up put a hundred percent in regardless of what it is. And you're going to leave on Sunday, September 4th with more tools in your tool belt and uh, better equipped to deal with this crazy world we're living. I promise. I love that. And Brent, where do they go? If they want to go check this event out, what's the website? Rogerupevent.com. And uh, I'll just let you guys know out there for all of you. Awesome. LEO that's law enforcement. If you're LEO, you should know that. <laughs> uh, just a little dig at some of my cop friends. Um, so all you law enforcement officers, all of you first responders, and all of you active duty military or veterans that all collectively serve this incredible country that we live in, a country I still believe is incredible. 
I do um, we have a 30% off discount for you. Oh, wow. And for a $997 ticket, that's about a $300 savings, which um, hopefully if gas prices keep going down, should cover a round trip airfare ticket. Or um, even if you're in the Chicagoland area, should cover um, a couple nights of hotels. Because with the room block rate, we have hotel rooms are only 119 a night. Wow. And um, that's a great rate for how nice of a hotel we're doing this at. So rogerupevent.com. And if there's any questions, email us at rogerupevent at gmail.com. We'll answer any questions you have. Uh, reach out to Autumn. She can reach out to me. And um, we're really, really excited to see you there. And um, like I say, for two and a half days, we're going we're gonna to bring everything. It's going to be like, you know, like the last three minutes of a fireworks show that it's the grand finale. Yes. Like that's what you wait for. That's going to be the whole fucking two and a half days. I'm so excited. So excited. Well, Brent, do you have anything else? I mean, we've said a lot. We, we've talked a lot about a lot of things. Is there anything you want to leave anybody with? Well, I've said a lot and I understand that's the format of the podcast, but I, I, I often find myself after I get done with podcasts or especially shorter, like talk radio interviews, feeling guilty because all I did was talk about myself or my, but that's the whole point. I understand <laughs> that's the whole point. So how about we do this? If you don't mind <laughs> with your permission, because it's your podcast, tell me and your listening audience one interesting thing about you and share with us what you're going to be talking about at the event. One interesting thing about me, I met Chuck Norris and he's like five, six and like short. <laughs> I didn't even know he'd be so short. I mean, he obviously still whoops some ass, but okay. um, so that was really cool. And so, um, Chuck, so Chuck Norris is a little person. Yes. And that was a that was a big moment for me though meeting Chuck. That was a big deal. That's gonna destroy every awesome Chuck Norris meme. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? That like knowing that well he's he's he, he was still a great fighter. Yeah, so that's cool. You know and um okay so what I'm gonna be talking about at the event? Well, I mean probably a lot of things, but honestly, like my my whole thing is never allow anybody. To, like when somebody tells you no, say fuck you and do it anyways. My whole life really has been about, you know, everyone telling me no or situations arising, you know, that an ordinary person, somebody who maybe hasn't faced adversity or isn't is just stubborn and Italian as I am, <laughs> you know, um, they would go the other way or they would just be like, oh, well, this is what God wants. This is what the universe wants. And um, you know, I have, you know, firsthand, I have dealt with a lot of, um, people who do not like me, who do not like my message and that would have, and could have easily derailed me and what I'm doing. And every day I wake up with, um, messages from women all across the country, uh, future and current female officers who have told me like, if I don't know what I would do without you. There's nobody, there's nobody giving up. Like, there's nobody. And like, you make me feel like I'm sane. And before it was just female officers, it was male officers. Cause I've run this podcast for eight years for both men and women. And, and, um, and, you know, Brent, like that is why I endure the bullshit. And this is why, you know, I get up every day is because I, I think to myself, fuck, what if I'm not here? And what if I'm not just saying what I'm here to say? And what if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing because some asshole 
doesn't like me, some asshole doesn't approve of me, hell no. And so that is what I'm going to be coming with at the event. <laughs> and that is the last three minutes of a fireworks show. Yeah, exactly. And that's awesome. <laughs> Brent, I'm really excited for this. I'm so excited. Uh, Sheepdog Nation, you're going to be able, we're going to have the links in the show notes. My Instagram constantly has um, this event. Now that we know that it's 30% off for first responders, I better be seeing you there. My flight's uh, round trip from Maine to Chicago and back was about 300 bucks. It's extremely reasonable. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see all of you there and we'll see you next time.